Hello and welcome to Humans of Agape. We are Agape Europe, a community of people who make Jesus known, so lives are changed and Europe is transformed. We want to bring spiritual hope and help to people from all walks of life. I am your host, my name is Jochen Geck. I work in the Berlin City Hub and lead the digital ministry in Germany. And I'm curious to hear about what God is doing across Europe. How do you start a new team in a new city in these crazy times? Our guest today, Laura Metzler, just moved to Stuttgart in Germany to lead a student ministry team when the pandemic hit. She shares about her experience and about what brings her hope. Full disclosure, this interview was taped in September, but it's still as relevant today. So let's start with Laura. Hello, Laura. Hello, Jochen. Laura, it's so great to talk to you. It's great to be able to make this fit in the busy schedule of life. <laughs> How do you feel being a human of agape? You know, it's one of those gifts of God that I really never saw coming to be living in Europe, working for agape, and it's kind of every day it feels just like a gift of God. Huh. You already told us you're not from here. God yep. sent you here. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us a bit of your story? My name is Laura Metzler. I am from the United States. I'm actually from Idaho, went to school in Utah, studied biomedical engineering, never expected to do ministry, but God called me through some unconventional ways. And I have found myself now doing ministry in Germany for the last five years and am really loving it. What do unconventional ways look like in your world? For me, it was kind of unconventional ways to come to Germany because I first studied abroad in China. I met a man named Victor in China. We started dating. And then through getting to know him, Germany came into my life and into the picture. He's German. He's Russian German. And we are now married. And we've been married for five years. But then also it's unconventional to me how I even came to do ministry at all that I was very focused to do engineering for the time of college. I remember saying multiple times throughout college that there's no way that I would do long-term ministry, but God continued to change my heart and soften my heart and gave me eyes to see the need to spread the gospel among um, in the world and especially among college students. So it was through actually some tragic, some tragic scenarios of some friends who attempted suicide that really hmm. changed my heart fully to want to do long-term missions. Or as we could also call it, kingdom engineering. You always wanted to do engineering, but maybe what you're doing now is kingdom engineering. <laughs> so true. That's very true. <laughs> what are the similarities between what you do now and what you set out to do? Well, in studying biomedical engineering, and I worked for two years as a quality engineer, I thought that most of it was just astounding to look at the creation of the world, to see what God has made and how intricate details are just these tiny building blocks that are so complex. The smaller you look in biology and cell biology, the smaller you look at how the immune system works and how we try and make medical devices to simulate the body. It just puts me in a place of awe and wonder of what God has made. And I think now in my role with Agape, I get to also just be in awe of wonder of what God's doing in the lives of people. In many conversations with students get to help point people to the beautiful world God has made and to the beautiful God that he is. So yeah, I think that both are just putting me in a place of awe and wonder. Would you say that your background makes it easier to connect with engineering students? Oh yeah, 
I would definitely, it sure feels like it from my side. It sure makes me excited to connect with engineering students. I sometimes when talking to engineering students get too excited about maybe what they're learning in thermodynamics or, yeah. I mean, you live in the right place for that. You said you serve in Germany, but you're in Stuttgart, home of Mercedes, Porsche, and lots of other companies. And you actually recently moved there. What was that like? It definitely was interesting to recently move down here to the south. I was living in Berlin for the first three years of my time in Germany. It's been, it feels like I'm in a different country in some ways. The culture here is quite different. They definitely eat a lot more Spätzle I've seen on the tables. And the culture is also a higher percentage Christian than Berlin was. So that's also a fascinating thing to see. Mm -hmm. How does that change your ministry? So far, the student ministry down here has looked different than it did in Berlin because there's a lot of student movements already in place in Southern Germany. A lot of my ministry now has been helping to coach and equip student movements that are already in place. I've loved to see that a lot of the students here are self-motivated and excited to live out their faith on an everyday basis on their campus. It's a lot more of coaching student movements that are already here. So student ministry, being on campus, all of that is in your job description. But I'm guessing that the last months probably looked radically different. How did you pivot to students in person, chatting with engineering students about thermodynamics? All of that sounds super fun and is probably in your job description. But I'm also guessing that that has not been your reality in the past months. What does your reality look like? Yeah, the current reality since COVID has been around sure has looked different. In some ways, it's been a very difficult start of doing ministry in the South. I've only been here since February, and that's correlated exactly with COVID. And so a lot of my weeks have looked like getting to know students via Zoom, attending weekly meetings or leadership meetings with student groups on Zoom. And I did not expect to have so many get to know you moments on a digital platform. <laughs> But in some ways, God has blessed it. And I feel really connected with some of the people who are here in the South. And it's also been cool. There was a digital summer project that I got to help lead. And we saw eight students come to it. And God really connected them. And the things that stood out to the students who came to the summer project that was all on Zoom, they said that they felt like they were encouraged by the community and the prayer and just the overall The, the nature that everyone wanted to make Jesus known in the context of where we're living right now in a digital season of life where community is hard to find. So tell me more about that. What is a digital summer project and what was your goal with that? Well, we really wanted to still connect with students over the summer. Summers for students can definitely be a time of spiritual dryness or just a spiritual lull. And so we wanted to offer something that could be a point of connection and encouragement to continue spurring on students in faith during the summertime. We also wanted to help equip students to do digital ministry and live out their faith in a digital way. So whether that's using social media like Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok, or whether it's just sending text messages to friends. The focus of our summer project was both encourage and equip students. What did that look like? Yeah, we met for 
one whole week on Zoom, basically a morning session for two, three hours and an afternoon session for about an hour. And then a digital outreach time that was basically open end, sit together on Zoom and see what we post on Instagram, see what we message to friends. At first, it felt like it would be really draining to be spending basically five hours a day for five days a week on Zoom. But the conversations, the depth and richness of conversation was so refreshing, I think, for all of us that it didn't feel that long at all. Hmm. That's great. Tell me about the digital outreach. What did you learn? I think that I learned that it definitely is challenging in German culture to have this, have a connection with, with our friends that's an authentic and real connection over anything that's digital, whether that's going to be an Instagram post or a Facebook post or a TikTok video, that many times a good way to do digital ministry in Germany is to have tiny little impulses that we put on maybe our Instagram account, something funny, catchy, that you can then talk to your friends about later. And so many times it's not the digital, let's go and share the gospel on our Instagram. It's how can we give open doors for conversation for later in life with our friends. So... It was fun. Interesting. Honestly, that sounds like such a relief to many people who aren't the big, well, in general, people who share a lot on, on social media, but then also who aren't the big digital evangelists. And it helped me also open up my creative side. I think I learned, why don't I just get creative and try things? I mean, just post videos and pictures of things that really move me and what points me to God in my everyday life. I can share my own life in a very personal way or a very superficial way, but all of it being authentic and real on Instagram. And did you personally get any feedback from contacts, friends, followers? I did. Actually, one of the conversations that came out of it um, led to me reading the book A Reason for God with one of my really good friends. And now we're discussing and reading the book A Reason for God together on a every other week basis. So it's kind of cool to see that this ongoing, long-term, deep discussion with a good friend of mine has developed from a Facebook post. <laughs> that is really cool. And so I think it, it also sounds like an encouragement to everybody listening and to myself to be maybe sharing to think more about what we share but then share in a in a way that's interesting to people and then just trust that god will use it and that something will come out of it and make sure and always end it with something that isn't a conversation starter what what's a good question to ask at the end what's a good way to lead it to to be more than just a post but maybe a conversation yeah Are there any other cool stories to come out of that project? Well, it was pretty cool to see that a lot of people took first steps of faith for the first time ever thinking, how can I be not just posting about anything but my spiritual life on face, on Instagram, but how could I? Some of the students did take first steps of talking about faith on Instagram and saying that they're a Christian in a creative way through a video, through a post. Just those first steps of faith. Would you say uh, the staff who participated also took steps? Yeah. I know that some of the staff in preparing for presenting some of the digital stuff took steps in posting things as well. I think even it was cool to see in preparing, I creeped on a lot of staff's Facebook pages to see what <laughs> they've tried. And I love some of the stuff like Dominic Schweiger has been posting things like one he did on themes from the Mandalorian. He did an Instagram story 
just talking about do you see spiritual themes in the Mandalorian or Miri did a Instagram video of a picture that she had painted and then talking about the symbolism of why she'd painted it and drawing out themes of how she's seen God's grace and seen God in it. And so, yeah, just finding creative ways to address what you love and your spiritual side. Yeah, that's so cool. And for all our listeners, Dominic and Miri are both staff in Germany. And Dominic was actually a guest on this podcast in one of our earlier episodes. And you can go back and listen to that. Um, talking about staff who post interesting stuff, I know there was a kind of a digital project for Western European staff and student ministry that also encouraged people to share. And so it was so cool, as I'm friends with many of the people on Facebook or following them on Instagram, to just see super natural ways of them integrating like spiritual content into their everyday life and then also ending on a question and reaching out in that way. Yeah, I actually got to be part of that exact project to just scout it out of what does the digital project look like. In one of my small groups, it was astounding. Some of the students posted in their stories, one of them posted the gospel, just like the simple four-point gospel, and then had a sticker button at the bottom saying, what do you think about this? Do you agree? Do you disagree? And then had an open discussion just res write a response bubble. And she had multiple friends who were not Christians writing a response and telling her what they did and didn't agree with. And it started dialogue. And throughout the week, we got to discuss what's a good way to respond to our Muslim friend who is talking about how she agrees with maybe a few of the points, but then totally disagrees with the point of Jesus. And to see the dialogue that comes out of a really big step of faith, it's astounding what God can do using Instagram. Yeah, I love that. And I also... Love that it gets you thinking about what digital outreach can look like and that it doesn't have to be cringy or super awkward, but does involve steps. And that for many people, even like myself, who don't post much on social media, I would say, it is a skill to be acquired, just like starting out in student ministry, uh, to learn how to do spiritual conversations on campus. And I wouldn't spend much time on campus in my time off. That wasn't just a natural place for me to be, but I went there because it's part of ministry and because that's where I got to reach people. And I guess the same can be said for social media too. Exactly. I feel like... I was never somebody who was into social media. I'd rather spend my time rock climbing outdoors, but I'm starting to just see that if I want to reach people and if my heart is to reach people, then I do need to go where they go. And it, you can think of social media like a coffee shop. People spend one to two hours a day on Instagram. And so if we want to go to meet people, we'd go to the coffee shop. And in times of Corona, maybe we should go to Instagram. Yeah. And just think of it that way. Instagram is full of people that God loves. It's so true. Yeah. Now, Laura, one question I like to ask on this podcast is what people have been learning recently. And I know you are a learner. So tell me something that you've been learning or discovering. I think some of the things that I'm learning from God right now is how what it really looks like to root my identity in him and how that is rooting our identity in Christ is what sustains, not only begins, but sustains ministry. I think that I always tend to being an overachiever or rooting my identity in how competent or eloquent I am, which 
you know, it's funny to do a podcast because you guys are all getting to see right now. I'm not very eloquent. <laughs> oh, you're doing just fine. But I'm really seeing that God's grace calls us to rest in him and rest knowing that our identity is not in results. It's not in how successful we can ever, ever be or how hardworking we are, but it's in what's Christ, what Christ has done, which we all, we all know, we hear a million times, but that really is, it changes everything about the way you do ministry when it's not about success. And, you know, I think I have seasons of really believing that and seasons of not believing it. And lately I think it's just been hitting me again because I'm in a leadership role of a sudden now. And, it's hitting me again that it's not about what success looks like, but about about trusting the Lord and being rooted in Him. Yeah. Well, it does sound like Christianity 101. Yeah. I think we always need to come back to it. And it comes, it's hard to believe it in our hearts. The, heart, the more tasks you have and the more you do in ministry, the easier it is to not live out of that identity in Christ. So what helps you get back to it? I think... Simple things like just reading the Bible. The other day I was reading Psalm 18 and it was talking about how it was it's a verse that says basically God saved us and he brought us into a broad place. And I was reflecting on what does it look like to be, why does it say a broad place? Why is that what it means to be saved in the situation? Because for me, a broad place means a place where there's lots of decisions and a broad place means there's lots of things to be done of where do I go? And I think reflecting on the Bible helps me because in that moment, while reflecting on Psalm 18, I realized that we can be in a broad place where there's open space, free decisions when we're anchored in Jesus, when we're anchored and know where, where we stand and that God allows us a freedom of choice of where do we go and what comes next. He's not demanding that we be perfect in it and not demanding that we go exactly the way that looks perfect in my eyes, but he gives us freedom. He gives us a choice and we can be anchored in him. So yeah, I think reflecting in the Bible helps me. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that also sounds kind of, kind of like the base. Yeah. It's not complicated. Yep. It's really not that complicated. And yet it's still hard to get to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we tend to forget quickly and easily with yep. the business of life. If we get back to that place and continually remind ourselves or have the Holy Spirit actually remind us of our identity and l really live out of that and not of our own strength. I would say that that's key to get through a time like, like this year where there's, frankly, this year has been exhausting. There's been so much change and all the time you need to react to a new reality and then kind of settle into parts of it, but then things change again and you may have to make new decisions, but not only for yourself, but also for other people. Yeah, if I only did that out of my own strength, quite frankly, I've, I'm, I'm sure I partly have done that this year, then uh, things quickly get very exhausting. Yep. And I think it's been exactly like you said, when I look at all the things that I want to do, that I should be doing, that I also am renovating my apartment. My husband and I bought an apartment for the first time and hmm. it is a fixer upper. And if I look at how many walls we still need to spackle and paint, then I'm going to go crazy, <laughs> but I've got to gotta just rest and know that God, God's got a plan and I can just take one step at a time. <laughs> yeah. And there's grace. So true. Yeah. One question that I haven't asked in a while, but I feel like you might 
be just a person to think about that question is um, I truly believe that God reveals uh, himself to us uh, through different cultures and with uh, Agape Europe we represent great array of cultures in your ad adopted German culture and as somebody who's lived abroad in other places too where do you see God where do you recognize God in German culture it I might not be super obvious to many people oh I feel like I see God in German culture in a lot of ways. Huh. I feel like it is very refreshing in German culture to see the ways that German culture addresses the, maybe this is very serious, but German culture addresses the seriousness of life and the horrific past in many ways of Germany, the, the effects of um, Nazi time Germany. They are honest and wrestle through and lament well. And I think that it comes very obvious to me that that is a, a huge advantage when I look at America and see how we do not necessarily lament very well in American culture, that when we go to look at our horrific past in America, we don't lament how we enslaved people, how we enslaved black people. And I feel like that I respect very much in German culture that there's space to To lament. In a happier note, though, I do think that Germany also is so focused on details. <laughs> and God also loves the details. Yeah, I, I enjoy that part of German culture. The engineer in me loves the detail-orientedness of German culture. <laughs> I'm uh, guessing not everybody would see that as a happy note. Oh, yeah. Yep, I, I agree. There's definitely <laughs> days when I also do not see it as a happy note. <laughs> <laughs> If there are days where you see it as a happy note, that's great. Then that's a great fit for you. Now, to end this, I would like to ask you if you have anything that you want our listeners to take away from this. A thought, a verse, an idea, a recommendation of something to read or listen to. I think that one thing that comes to mind is just to continue to be rooted knowing that we are enough that God loves us. And as simple as that is, as much as that's Bible 101, to take some time and have some contemplative prayer, just maybe pick a verse out of the Bible. I've been meditating a lot on be still and know that I am God. And just spending time remembering and being still, not thinking about what we still have to do, but to can you just have a moment of being still and knowing that he is God and that we are loved. Because I think that that really changes rather than being in a fear-based response to the times of corona, a fear-based response in political things happening. And we come out of a fear-based response when we take time to remember our identity and remember that, that God's in control and that he's using us and that we're, we're enough. Um, and that he's enough, actually. We're not, at the end of the day, we're really not enough. We need him. So... Yeah, I think spending time and changing our response from a fear-based response to a hope-based response changes everything. Yeah, amen. I love that. And as you mentioned, contemplative prayer to anybody listening who um, needs help getting started in that, we do have a, an episode of this podcast too where I share a bit about my journey into contemplative prayer. Well, uh, Laura, it's been a pleasure to chat with you. Thanks so much for your time. Very gladly. Thanks so much. Goodbye. That was Laura Metzler, team leader in the student ministry in Stuttgart, Germany. 
If you like this podcast, why don't you take a minute and send a message to your friends to recommend it to them? And how about sharing your favorite quote in your Instagram stories? Speaking about social media, you can find Agape Europe on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Or check out our website, agapeeurope.org. I'm Jochen Geck, and this is Humans of Agape. See you next time.